Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. My name is Mike, and this week our guest is a lady I've been following on Instagram for a while. I'm just amazed at her running career and the way she handles her son, who's a special needs son. It's just really amazing what this gal is capable of. And I just, I've been going, I want to get her on someday and just find out more about her and introduce all you guys to her. So without further ado, let's welcome in Laura Condor. Laura, you ready to go for a run? <laughs> Always. Always. Yeah, I'll bet. So tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, all that good stuff. As you said, my name's Laura and I live in New Hampshire. And I am a mom and an ultra runner, although I'm taking a little break from the ultra running, which is weird. I know I've been watching that. I'm like, wow, she's not like running mad distances. She's like running fast. It it was kind of an accident. I had foot surgery in December, which kind of slowed me down. And when I came back from it, I was keeping up with Noah a lot better than I was. And I was like what would happen if I actually leaned into this? Because the truth is I haven't really tried to run fast in over a decade. Because when I was a baby runner, of course I wanted to run fast. That's what everybody wants to do. They want to learn stuff. They want to Boston qualify. They want to do all of the things. Well, it was hard work and I kept getting broken. (laughs) So I gave it up. I was like, nope. But running was so important to my mental health at the time because Noah was younger and had a lot of, more challenging behaviors than he does now. Um, So I needed to be able to run without being broken all the time. Um, So I started doing run walk and I found, wow, if I do this right, I can run a lot. That's awesome. But I'm trying something different this year. I was getting a little burnt out and then I had some issues with my foot, which were not technically an injury. I had a a cyst that had been growing there for about six years that finally became problematic and had to be removed. Wow. Um, That sounds like not fun at all. Well, it was not, but I bounced back quickly and I, this year I'm running times I have not seen in a decade, which is very strange for a woman my age. I know you're, you're absolutely spoken sometimes right now. Like the other day, did you get down like in the eight thirties? Did I see? Yeah, I ran, um, I ran a half marathon at an eight twenty three pace. I ran wow. one, one fifty flat, which is of course, you know, the most annoying thing ever is when you run a flat time like that. Cause you're like, right. why couldn't it be one forty nine fifty nine? would it look <laughs> exactly. so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. One fifty is very boring, Laura. I, I, I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I I would try and think of when the last time I even came close to a 150 half marathon, but it's always yeah. relative. Yeah, that's awesome. So now what do you do for a living, Laura? I am not able to work because I am a full-time caregiver for Noah. So I have I have been a stay-at-home mother slash caregiver pretty much my entire adult life because I got married fairly young because I knew I wanted to be a mom. That was like primary life goal. And I thought, you know, work will always be there. Well, you never quite expect your children to have special needs um, or to require full-time care. Um, At no point was it ever practical for me to try to re-enter the workforce. I wasn't going to be able to make enough with my skill set to afford care and to work just to work, which is what I would be doing at that point. 
because care for a special needs adult is difficult to find and quite expensive. Right. And it's difficult to do as a full-time mom also, I would imagine. Right. So that's just where life took me is being a mom. So how old is Noah now? Noah just turned 27 on Wednesday. Awesome. Wow. And how long has Noah been running with you? Actually only, well, running seriously with me for about four and a half years. He's run for over a decade. He did Special Olympics, but it was pretty casual. I mean, I would have to run alongside him or his brother, who is also a runner, would run alongside him. But he he didn't really get it. He was just like, okay, whatever. The first couple of years he did Special Olympics, he would run for a few, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, then he'd walk. He didn't understand the track. And it's still confusing to him because the track has no obvious end. Right. And then four or five years into Special Olympics, they actually did a balloon arch where the finish line was. And because Noah had come to my races and he'd gone to cross country races with his brother, that was the year that he was like, I get it. I know what to do now. He saw that balloon arch and he ran the whole distance. And I mean, he was smoking, but uh, he never understood before that. He still had difficulty with an 800. He did get to uh, the state special Olympic meet at one point, but that's still hard because it's a vaguer concept. You have to go around two times. Why am I going around two times? But then when we left Florida, he had aged out of school. So he was in a day program in Florida. There were pretty good opportunities as far as it goes for an autistic adult in Florida. But we moved up here and there was nothing. Really? No programs. I mean, you can qualify for in-home aid, but again, I'm going to pay someone to do what I'm doing. That doesn't really make sense. Sending to a program was something that was a benefit for him, but just paying somebody to watch him, that didn't make any sense. But as I said, I need to run. So I thought, okay, well, Noah would run with me, but it was that same sort of thing. He'd take off really fast because all he really knew was the track. And he'd burn out pretty quick. I was like, well, what if he did run walk? So I would tell him we would run for a couple of minutes and walk, which is how I had been training for years. But I'd never really thought, let's see what he'll do with that. He went from running. When we were in Florida, we would run five to 10 miles a week together. We moved up here and we started run walk. And he was doing 30 miles a week by the first week. That's all he wanted to do was run. Wow. So you went from five to 10 to 30 miles a week. Mm -hmm. Six weeks later, we ran his first half marathon. Oh, that's amazing. In two hours and 10 minutes. In two hours and 10 minutes. Wow. Uh Yeah. And I wasn't prepared for that. (laughs) And we had just moved to New England. So we're in Portland, Maine, and that's a lot hillier than Florida. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So by the the end of this race, I'm like, what are you doing? Wow. So when he gets going, it sounds like he's got a great pace. He does. But he's also... He's very good at when I call out a walk break, he'll, he'll stop. Okay. That's no longer true in races, which is why I no longer race with him. As far as training, he will actually sometimes hear the the countdown on my chorus for the walk break and he'll stop on his own. But if he's ahead of me, I have to call out walk break and okay. he'll slow down and I'll catch up to him because he walks very slow, 
but he runs very fast. So we kind of accordion back to each other. That's awesome. Wow. It also makes hydrating much easier when you're walking versus running. So um, that, that just works really well for him. Okay. And so what's the furthest he's ran? Uh, we did an ultra marathon that first summer. And again, we, he started running with me in May. The last weekend of September in 2019, we did a fixed time ultra and he ran 29.3 miles. Wow. He hated it. Realistically, <laughs> he ran a half marathon and then we walked. Okay. Um, Noah, who really does not talk very much at all. Okay. By the last hour of this, he's looking at me going, time, go home. <laughs> that and is I was awesome. like, let's just walk a little further. And he's like, why? We've done <laughs> that is so you awesome. Know, and I'm trying to hype him up, like you just ran your first marathon, and that means nothing to right, him. right. He's like, but we've run around this circle. <laughs> so oh my gosh, times. that is so awesome. So I I tried to introduce him to fixed time ultras. It was not his jam. Okay. At all. <laughs> we haven't That's tried awesome. again. I just hoping. <laughs> One and done, huh? One and done. Maybe someday, but okay. um, he, he really likes the shorter distances. He seems to do his best races are typically half marathons. Wow. That's awesome. So now at the same time, you're training with Noah, but you're also laying down some pretty serious miles yourself with some pretty serious races. Yeah, um, I do keep weekends to myself. That's kind of my compromise is during the week. Noah and I do all of our training together unless we're at a speed work and he can wrap it with somebody faster than I am. Okay. But the long run, that's my me time. I can listen to my music. I can sing Taylor Swift or the national to myself while I'm, you know, in the woods and well, I'm on a rail trail, but there's trees and stuff for me. That's as far as I go. I don't actually do real running through the woods or anything, but I'm a Florida girl. So it, feels like running in the woods yeah and, and it's just it's my me time that is awesome so now tell us about some of the races that you've run because you've done a lot of timed events like six days in the dome and and a bunch i of... only did 12 hours at it though. okay <laughs> oh you know it's funny because the other day i told my wife i said you know i'm really looking at the six days in the dome and she's like are, are you talking about run six days i said well, yeah, I'm not going to sign up to run something shorter. So <laughs> she, she just looked at me and shook her head, which means, okay, you're insane, but I'm getting used to this now. So <laughs> I know that look. I yeah. know that look really well. Yeah. Do you, do you get that look from, from your husband also or what? You know, I used to. I would say the best thing that came out of my foot surgery is by not being able to run for a month, my husband really learned to appreciate how important the running was. That was I, think awesome. I, could have, I think I could have signed up for any race I wanted to this year, <laughs> which is what makes the fact that I'm not traveling this year, because those are usually my momcations is, you know, some girls may do a, a spa weekend. I will do something like fly to Wisconsin and run for 12 hours on an indoor track. Exactly. Um, makes sense to me. But this year I'm staying, staying home. I'm racing local. I'm racing shorter distances. And with the goal of actually trying to race a marathon, I run okay. 
I've run tons and tons of marathons, but I haven't raced one since my very early running career. Okay. So I am, I am going to do the Houston marathon with my son, Christian in January. Oh, and, wow. then I, and then I promptly plan to start training for my first 48 hours. Oh, that is <laughs> so awesome. I'm, I'm already, I'm already like, no, do I really want to do this? I'm like, no, I made a commitment. I'm going to do one year focused on shorter distances and then I'm done. That is awesome. That is awesome. So what is your first 48 hour? I'm planning to do one day in New Jersey at the Sussex County Fairgrounds. I've done um, the six hour event at their three days at the fair in May. They have right. a, a May edition and a fall edition which is sometimes in the, most of the time in September, because I have always used the six hours kind of a training event for my summer races. But okay. I've learned that I've learned that summer racing doesn't work for me. Good. Yeah. I figured that out too. I'm just like heat and humidity. I'm, yeah. I'm I beg out of, I'm in Virginia and it's just like this week has been some of the most miserable miles that I it's have put awful. in. You know, I'm from Florida. And I ran in Florida for years and years and years. So the fact that I now struggle with heat and humidity is weird. But in Florida, it's constant. You just, you live it. But here, I think it's almost worse because it's a shorter period of time. Your right. body can never quite acclimate to it. And when it shows, no, I, I can't. That's part of why I'm like, maybe I'll do a 48. Gives me an excuse to walk more next summer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, I've tried so many times to do the 100 miles in 24 hours. And I don't know if it's just too stressful for me, or I've just never quite gotten there. I've gotten to 92. And then I got worse at my next several. It was kind of like my first marathon was 414. And then I got progressively slower. That's yep. what happened with, with the 24 hour events, which was part of why I said, I need to step away from these for a little while work on other stuff because this is just not happening for me right now and it's stressing me out and this is supposed to be fun our local race director is he he's great he always says running is supposed to be fun he said have fun to me before a marathon last year and I was like have fun marathons aren't fun marathons <laughs> are hard but it really it stuck with me he's like no running is supposed to be fun so when I went to the 12 hour that year you know the first five to six hours are fun. The last couple of hours are not fun. I was like, I kept wanting to quit. I kept wanting to stop. And I'd be like, I'm not having fun anymore. And I would see John in my head going, running is supposed to be fun. Almost like wagging his finger at me. And I was like, I gotta keep going. Yeah, Try to have fun. Awesome. Try to have fun. But that's been kind of my mantra for the last year is to remember to have fun. Yeah. Because it was running for the longest time for me was just about coping with life. It was the best part about ultras. We just, you would get to that point where you just weren't thinking at all. And when your life is very stressful, that's a great thing. I find I can't tap into that anymore because life is actually pretty good. That's awesome. But I never learned how to have fun doing that. But we have this great running community locally, Millennium Running, and they've been so supportive of NOAA and their races have almost kind of a party vibe to it, which is not to mean that people don't take their time seriously. They do. But it's been really good for me to kind of get out of my own head and go, 
running is supposed to be fun. That's awesome. I've always told my children when they're stuck to try stuff, see how it works out. And this year I'm trying to take my own advice. That is awesome. <laughs> how many kids stuff. do you have, Laura? I have three children. Okay. Noah's and how, how old are, so Noah's the oldest and then how old are the others? Christian is, oh my gosh. You know what? When they start graduating from college, you start losing track exactly. I want to <laughs> say 24. Okay. That sounds great. He's 24. He's a math teacher in Texas, which is part of why I chose Houston was so awesome. that he comes home to visit us. And I thought turnabout was fair play. Why don't I go to Texas and do one with him? Also, it's in January. So it gets me out of, you know, New England. Yes. No. And then my youngest, Mira, is 17. Oh, awesome. So is she going to be a senior this year? She is going to be a senior. Okay. That is so cool. Wow. You've got a a gap there between them, don't you? <laughs> I do. Because uh, for a while, Noble was diagnosed with autism when Christian was just a baby. Okay. And for a long time, it was just about balancing that. We really weren't sure if Noah could handle it. Noah and Christian have an incredible bond. But when Christian was a baby, they did not. Okay. Noah, Noah didn't really understand, I don't think, what a baby was. And he really didn't appreciate the time I was spending with the baby. Interestingly, once Christian started walking, he was like, oh, it's a person. Ah. <laughs> and they're very tight. But um, we just weren't sure if Noah could handle having another sibling. Okay. Um, but then I had a friend who had a baby. And Noah adored her little girl. Just loved her to bits my husband and I were like maybe maybe and he does he adores his sister that's awesome that's awesome so do both of the other kids run also Christian does Christian was a competitive uh high school cross-country runner in Florida and he ran on the team at at the University of Texas in Dallas um he was not as competitive, but he actually found that he liked that better, that it was less stressful to be the five man on a cross country team than it was to be the first man. Okay. Um, so he had a lot of fun in college cross, but he was definitely more there for the vibes than right. <laughs> trying to compete for anything. Awesome. Um, he, um, he, because he's a teacher, the first couple of years of teaching are rough. So he kind of had to step back from that a bit. He's actually on a summer adventure. He's climbing mountains and getting back into running with the goal of running the marathon with me in January. That's awesome. Mira, Mira won't touch running with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> that is funny. Like, and no. does your does your husband run? No. Okay. I made a joke because Mira's actually has spent the last two weeks at a number theory camp doing super high-level college mathematics. My husband is... I, I can't really explain what he does, but I know it involves a lot of math. Okay. And then Christian teaches math. Oh and now the three of them, I said in the Venn diagram of my house, there are the mathematicians and there are the runners and Christian is the only overlap. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, my, my wife describes it as I am the um, object in perpetual motion and she is the object that is perpetually still. <laughs> so, it's so and there's nothing wrong with that yeah we, we we joke and we say okay my hobby is running her hobby is napping but why not both 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you can, especially like tomorrow. I've got like a six hour run in the heat and humidity, so I think I'll probably be napping tomorrow yeah. afternoon. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think you can combine them. But yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So tell the listeners what challenges are there in raising a special needs child? Well, hmm, that's hard to say because all special needs children have different challenges, just like all non-special needs kids right. have different challenges. Um, when he was younger, he did have more challenging behaviors. I try not to dwell on those because I prefer to focus on the more positive. Yeah. And I would say when he started running, his challenging behaviors more or less disappeared. He does still struggle with anxiety and some compulsive behavior, but nowhere near on the level that he did when he was younger. Now, can he, he communicate with you? Like if you're out on a run and something's bothering him, can he communicate that to you? Or do you no. just have to pay attention? I have to pay attention. And he also, he has a very high pain threshold as far as we can tell, because he always wants to run um, no matter what. And I have to kind of just watch to see if something's off. And it's, it's tricky because sometimes I'll bench him without knowing for sure that anything's bothering him. But I be like, I don't know. I feel like that's off. At one point I discovered that his foot, the bottom of his foot was covered with planter warts. Oh, wow. Like 40, 50 of them. And oh, I mean, that, that had to be uncomfortable. Happen that doesn't happen overnight, but he had never in any way let me know that there was anything wrong with his foot. There was nothing wow. visible in his stride. And when I, you know, I'm helping him in the shower and I see the bottom of his foot and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Um, so that, that was hard. Um, but he would do the treatments and, you know, he's getting, you know, chemicals on his feet and it's being peeled and he'd still want to go for a run the next day. Wow. And he, yeah. He trained through all of that. So that's the hardest part is um, he, now he does run faster than me. So for the most part, he's in front of me. So I get, you know, a really good view of his running. <laughs> that's awesome. And basically that's what I have to do. And that's part of why I still say weekends were my time because when I'm running with him, I'm watching out for dogs because he's terrified of dogs. Okay. Um, and I'm watching his stride and I'm making sure that he's having hydration. So it, it's, there's a lot of facets having to go on mentally when we're okay. running together. That's also why it's hard for me to race with him. He doesn't mind racing my speed, but it's really hard to go at your hundred percent level while keeping all of those things in mind. So luckily there are a lot of very talented local runners who have kind of taken that mantle up because goodness knows he was never going to run a 139 half marathon with me. And that, that, that was last year, right? The 139. That was last year. Yes. That's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. In four years, he went from a 210 to a 139. That's, that's incredible. So I, when nuts, he ran right? the 139, did, did he have somebody who paced him or Okay. He always, he always runs with a pacer. He would probably on some of like the 5k courses be fine without a pacer, but I'm not comfortable with it. Right. I'm always, whenever he runs with a pacer, I'm giving the whole rundown, you know, look out for dogs, be careful of this. And 
there's never been an issue with a pacer awesome ever but i always know that if i don't do this whole list of things that that's going to be the one time but now does he know like like if there's turns in a half marathon if he were running on his own, wouldn't he be able to navigate that? No, or? no, okay. no I, I, I don't think so. That's why I said some of the five Ks that he knows that he's done before, he probably could, but I'm, I, I'm just not comfortable with it. Uh, yeah. uh, and if there was a race that we hadn't done before, even when he was running with me and he was running ahead, he'd get to a turn, realize he didn't know where to go and then stop and wait for me. Okay. That's um, awesome. But all of his pacers are people who are, significantly faster than me and in some cases significantly faster than him his distance pacer um emily ran a i want to say a 256 in chicago oh don't, my don't quote me on that but it was <laughs> sub three i know that so she ran that at chicago and then i think it was just two or three weeks later she paced him to his half marathon pr wow and I was like, are you sure that you're okay running a half marathon with him like you just like smoked chicago and and she's like no yeah let's do this and she'll be running his fall 10 miler and half marathon with him again this year that's awesome wow that's that's a good pacer to have somebody who can lay down a sub three marathon well that's the great thing is because that means for her she's running at her at a fairly comfortable easy pace even while she can push him right so that's that that's something i wouldn't be able to do when i'm racing with them i'm just trying to keep up <laughs> and not fall that's on my awesome face. that is awesome how fast do you think noah could go this year he has you could tell this year he's just not been wanting to race as much uh, last year he was really really pushing hard so i want to say he was really about at, at his maximum capacity he had a couple pacers that really tried to get him below 21 minutes in a 5k and he just he ran like four or five k's right at 2105 2110 oh, okay. <laughs> so that seemed to be right where it was he ran the 139 at the new england half which fans Anybody who ever wants to run a half marathon in New Hampshire, come run the New England half. It is a net downhill course. And at the end of October, the color, it, it oh, is just. I was going to say the colors is, have got to be so, splendid. And the course itself is fantastic. I cannot, I have run a lot of half marathons and I cannot recommend the New England half enough. Absolutely. That's awesome. Favorite half marathon. And up until a couple of years ago, hated half marathon <laughs> that is so funny <laughs> because i'm the same way i'm like somebody said yeah but you run like a half marathon every weekend i'm like that's yeah different. i said it is you know i'm not going fast i'm just doing my training run that's different a half marathon to me like a 10k is the most at the time i can do a half marathon without walk breaks now sometimes but to me, it's like trying to keep up that effort for that long is really hard, which is why I always say I run marathons. I don't really race them because to me, that's when I bring in the run walk and I'm always just kind of, I'm relaxing. I'm having fun. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, to me, it's like if, if you're not having fun, you need to step back and go, okay, why aren't I having fun doing this? It is important. Sad. That's absolutely what I've been all about this past year. That's awesome. That is awesome. So what is your favorite race that you and Noah have done together? 
Hmm. That feels like a trick question because we don't do a lot of races together. Well, you you start together. You start somewhere um, together. Yeah. Probably, I would imagine if he could answer, he would say the first New Hampshire 10 miler. I hate that race with a passion. It is a super, super hilly 10 miler. I had no, I had no knowledge of the course, but I was bored with where we were running. We had just moved up here and someone's like, oh, there's a race at Lake Massabesic this weekend. And I was like, oh, I've been meaning to run over there. So let me go sign up for this. And she's like, you know, it's hilly. Now I thought everything up here was hilly. I just moved from Florida. So I'm like, yeah, I'm getting used to that. No, I should have listened because when she said it's really hilly, she meant it's really hilly. That was awesome. But this race, because we had done Portland, we had done five Ks together, and it was always him trailing behind me and me going, come on, come on, let's do this, let's do this. I don't know what happened at the start line of this 10 miler, but Noah took off and he did not look back. Oh no. What is going on? So I am running at that point we're doing like nine flat, which is not something I had done for a very long time. And I'm, he's not wanting to walk at four miles in. I like scream. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. He loves that race. Loves it. I love the fact that I don't have to run it anymore. There you go. Um, You've got pacers that are going to take him and have fun. I, our first New England house together, similarly, uh, at that point, we kind of found a rhythm with one another, but um, we were more comfortable in racing. And that was the first distance race we did together that I was able, we only took two walk breaks the whole time. And we were very much in sync. It was during the pandemic. So we were doing time trial races. So it was just two people taking off at a time. And then there was 10 seconds between them. So it was almost, it was kind of a hybrid between a long run and a race. I mean, you would still pass people, but you weren't passing crowds. It was very um, spread out. And it was kind of, we just fell into this great rhythm and it's such a great course. And that was the one we, we ran 155. And at the time, that was the fastest I had done in years. And he was happy. And it was just, it was a fantastic experience. It was also, I think the first race where people started to come up to us who had seen us on Facebook. And that was really surreal for me. I was like, wait, you, you've seen me on, not on Facebook, on, on Instagram, really? And Noah just, people wanted to take their picture with him. And he was like, yeah. That's awesome. He, he doesn't seem shy around people. Be- and he's got a great smile. He does. He, um, yeah, I, that, I actually started my Instagram as a joke. My daughter's friend was obsessed with Instagram and followers. And, but she was just posting memes. And I was like, I don't get it. She's like, it's all about followers. And it's all about likes. And I was like. So like anybody could do this. And she's like, yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I, I kind of joked that I could get more followers than her. That's funny. <laughs> but How I are like, you well, doing? Are, are you competing? Uh, no, she is no longer on Instagram. Okay. Uh, that's another story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I surpassed her a long time ago. Yeah, there you but go. That is awesome. I, I thought I'm just going to follow my running And it wasn't even originally meant to include Noah, but he was running with me at the time and he really loved taking the selfies. It's a fine line when you're sharing content 
for your disabled child because you yeah. don't want to look like you're using them. Yeah. And I kind of would have this kind of approach avoidance where I was like, I don't know, I feel kind of dirty about this. But so I'd go like a couple of weeks and not want to do this. And Noah would grab the phone out of my my vest and he'd be like, picture. That's funny. <laughs> and he's still like <laughs> He loves taking the selfies. I'll get the camera out and I'm taking a picture of something else. And he'll start doing his selfie song and being like, hello, picture. That's funny. That is so awesome. <laughs> but like I said, it was a joke. I didn't really think anything of it um, until that race, until people were coming up to us going, I follow you on Instagram. Can I get a picture? Can I do this? And I was like, and people were interacting with Noah that we had never met before. And I thought this is something really special. Um, adults with disabilities do not have large social circles. It's right. a real challenge to bridge that gap. And suddenly here in the middle of a pandemic, Noah suddenly has a community of people. And it was amazing. And it's only grown from there. These are the same people, you know, I eventually I was like, okay, maybe we'll join this running club. It's never been my scene, you know, but we did that. And they've just they've adopted him, they've made him part of his family. It was not actually originally my idea. I for other people to race with them. I joked at some point that somebody else was gonna have to take over because I couldn't keep up. And they're like, okay, that is like, so what? awesome. It seems like your community up there, Lara, has has taken Noah and they treat him as any other runner, yes. not as a special needs kid. And I think that is just so special because they are, you know, they they are just like any other human. They just have a couple challenges. And I just love the way it just appears like the community up there is just something really, really special. And it they've is. just taken Noah under their wing. I am constantly in awe of it. I, I can't tell you how special it is. Because um, obviously I've been running for a long time. I have never experienced a community like this, which is not to say that other communities wouldn't have done the same thing. But it wasn't something I could have ever expected or ever even thought to have hoped for. I don't think that I could have ever even imagined it. But we go to races and the first time we did a half marathon um, coming out of the backside, I told you about New England when people were starting to approach him. But the next spring we did one and every mile, wherever there was a crowd, people were like, go Noah. That is awesome. And I'm like, what is going on here? And they all know him and he may not know everybody's names but he knows their faces and once the pandemic was over and he knew we could hug everybody again oh <laughs> uh, it was we have one local runner melissa she is the mo happiest most wonderful runner and she just she she gives hugs and noah's it was probably the first person after the pandemic to just kind of offer noah a hug and he was like you are my person now Oh, that's awesome. Whenever, that's he awesome. Sees, whenever he sees Melissa, he just runs to her. I, I mean, I am invisible once Melissa's around. That's and then cool. somebody asked me, how come Melissa's the only person that gets a hug? I was like, because Melissa's the only person who asked. And people are like, Noah, can I have a hug? And Noah's like, heck yeah. That is awesome. Uh, so now he's the hug monster, huh? 
Yes. Now he hugs everybody. That is cool. That is so cool. That's it. Is that a relief for you? The, the acceptance of Noah? Yes. Yes. Because, you know, we talk about autism awareness month all the time, but, um, I don't need people to be aware of being aware. just means you're recognizing that he's different acceptance is being cool with it, but this is something even beyond acceptance. This is inclusion. Yes. Inclusion is, you know, we've been accommodated his whole life. Like we will make accommodations so that you can participate in this. This is Noah is not being accommodated by our local running community. He's being included. Yes. As you said, he's being treated like any other runner and which Honestly, that is how our running community is with everybody. Even yes. when Noah started doing the racing, I was like, cool, you do your racing, I'll do mine. This year when I started racing fast, suddenly I was like, I was doing some races that Noah wasn't because he, again, I had benched him because I wasn't too sure about some stuff. He was fine, but I was being protective. So I'm doing some races without him. And I'm like, wait a minute, are people cheering for me? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) this community is just so cool that is very cool did you happen to watch uh zach bates at western state yes i follow zach he is great a lot of people do ask me you know uh, is noah like zach and i would say zach is more verbal Mm -hmm. um one of the reasons that noah doesn't do the kind of distance that Zach is able to do is because of those communication issues, the whole not being able to communicate pain to me and stuff like that. So um, I think it's terrific. Zach also has such a great uh, support system of pacers and people who help him. And it, that's just proof that while Millennium is the greatest running community, in my opinion, it's not an aberration that great people exist everywhere if you'll give them a chance yeah what's your dream race that if laura could run any race what's what's the dream race oh my gosh i'm not sure i've ever thought about that i don't know okay that's that's cool (laughs) i would say something something to think about now right it is here's the thing about me is i like to run familiar courses i think that's part of why i'm so drawn to track races even with half marathons and marathons, I tend to run the same races over and over again. Okay. Which is why it's cool that our local community has, you know, a very established race series. So I can go, okay, this one, this one, this one, <laughs> check them off. I know them. So I'm always scared of unfamiliar courses. Houston, because I know it's in Texas and it's flat, I'm okay with, but I, you know, I don't like a lot of camber in my road. I don't like a lot of elevation. I'm a terribly picky run. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Probably because I'm a klutz. Um, well, yeah. So yeah. I think a lot of the people that have dream races are thinking of trail races. My son, Christian, would probably be able to give you a list of 50 dream races. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I think for me, I think more, I want to be able to do a race. Like I want to be someday, six days. I, I guess that's probably the closest to be able to be to a point where I think I can do a six day event that, but it doesn't have to be six days. It could be, you know, at the fairgrounds, it could be any of those races. It's more about conquering new barriers for me than any specific locale. Yeah. That's awesome. I actually, 
I don't, like I said, I don't care about medals, but I will tell you, I love a good hoodie. Oh, if yeah. You're race, for the race hoodie, those to me are the best. Um, but beyond uh, the hoodies, you know, I, I have a couple of trophies. My very first trophy from my very first ultra marathon, which was not actually that impressive a result, but I got a trophy out of it. And me, who was terrible at sports as a kid and cheated in high school to pass the mile test, I had a trophy for winning an ultra marathon. And I, I, it, it, that's always going to be on display. That's but beyond awesome. That, but you've won a couple, haven't you? I mean, I have. Yeah. Um, mostly twelve-hour events. Yep. That seems to be. It's kind of my half marathon now. It's like the most where I can really put in the full effort before I just give up. I've had a hard time in twenty-four. My last two twenty-four-hour races, I wasn't able to complete the whole distance. So I would just get to a point where physically I was tired and I couldn't go to the pain cave mentally anymore. And it was just, it, I, I've had a hard time pushing through that barrier, but. Uh, you can do it. You can do it. I Have know. you ever tried I, like grabbing like somebody who's there that, you know, maybe could be like your pacer during those times? I have, um, I would say my, my best ultra marathon in 2020, I did 92 miles at the hamster wheel and I was able to just kind of focus and have fun. I think some of it, some of my mental challenge, and I was telling um, Melissa and my brother who were crewing for me at Hamster Wheel this year, uh, I said, even though my foot actually gave out during that race, so that's why I had to call it eventually, but I was struggling just the whole race. I just couldn't get the mindset right. And I said, I think part of why I was able to push races so much harder before I ran raced with Noah was because I wasn't focused on living to run another day. I was focused on every race. I run it like it was my last. And now I think I want to make sure that I can go home and still do what I need to do with him. Right. Right. So I, that's part of why, even before I realized that the foot was a problem that needed to be addressed, I was like, I need to do something different with my running. Um, and that's part of why I've been able to focus on speed this year is because I do think when I go back to ultras, that's going to give me kind of another gear, another tool in my toolbox for ultra runs. And I'm hoping that that's what makes the difference. That'll help push me past those barriers that that happens with all runners, whether you're a 5k runner or an ultra marathon, you get to a point where you kind of plateau. Same yep. as weight loss. It's the same as weight loss. You get to those points where you're just like, I keep hitting the same barrier over and over and over again. And that's when you have to do something different. Right. That's awesome. So let's kind of wrap this up a little bit here with you and Noah the rest of the year. So he's going to do the New England 10 and a half. What do you have left? I have 5K in October and I'm going to try to PR the 5K. My PR is a 23.32, and it's from a very long time ago. Okay. And then I'm also doing the New England half, and I hope to break that 150. But awesome. the, main, the main focus of my fall is going to be training for Houston. Yeah. So what is your goal at Houston? Do you have a time goal or just finish it well with Christian? My main goal is to PR, which should be easy because 
my marathon is actually my softest time is my PR there is 413. Okay. And that was from my very first marathon, which was run stupid. I was run like anybody's first marathon where you run a really strong first half and you walk the last six miles. Okay. But last year I had um, the local marathon, the cheap marathon. I was just running for grins and giggles with a six to one walk ratio and because I was set on interval, I had no idea what my pace was. And I ran a 414 at it. Wow. So I feel like if I actually train for a marathon, I should be able to PR. But that's awesome. What I really want to do is break four hours. Okay. What Christian really wants me to do is Boston qualify. I was going to say, so that was going to be my next question. So is a BQ like a 350? It is currently a 350, but I am 49. Well, I will be 49 on the day of Houston, but that means I would be 50 at the next. So you'd be at the 50. So you'd actually so be in the like 352. Okay. Call it. So it's 355. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Which awesome. Cora says that based on my half marathon, I should be able to do. We'll see. <laughs> that is awesome. So I kind of have like staggered goals there. Okay. I think that's all. I think you should just go for it and just, you know, nail it. I hope so. It's scary. I don't know why, but like, yeah, it's intimidating, but I think get it's a BQ be... and then it's just down the road. You can run it in 2025. You know, I never wanted to do Boston because it's such a big race, you uh -huh. know, and it's so crowded that I'm like, I'm not going to be able to run walk. I'm not going to be able to do any of this, but it's local here. Yes, you know? Exactly. It's, it's, it's very close and all my friends volunteer and everybody takes pictures and it's on the news and every, all of a sudden I was like, Maybe I should do <laughs> You gotta do it. You gotta you gotta go for the BQ. So those thoughts were in my head. And then the next week in my Facebook memories, it says Facebook memory nine years ago. Christian has challenged me to run a BQ within the next 10 years. Are and you thought, serious? Yes, I have this. I I I, I screenshot it so that everybody will see it if I actually do BQ it. But I was like I got to give it a try. That I got is because so awesome. If, because it, I was laughing. This was when he was in high school. He's like, here's the plan. You BQ in 10 years and I'll BQ and we can do Boston together. Oh, that would be so cool. And I had totally forgot this had happened. He had totally forgot this had happened. And I saw this. I had just run the 150. I just saw my friends run Boston. And then this pops up in my Facebook feed and I'm like, I have to try. <laughs> you do. You you just have to give it a shot. They give it a shot. That is so cool. So biggest advice you would have for other parents that have a special needs child and they're running, how would you recommend getting their kids involved in running if they show any interest at all? I would definitely say to start with a run walk program, uh, whether it's a one minute run, one minute off, don't try to just run. I, I would say make it casual, make it fun, try to do it together if you can. But I have heard from a lot of other mothers on Instagram that their children have also had tremendous improvements behavior wise with running. So I encourage parents to absolutely see if this is something that their kids would like. Um, if you can do it together with a run walk, that is great. If you have access to a local track, that's another place where you can kind of just say, you know, just let them try it out and see yeah. what's happening. It, running clubs, 
10 years ago, I would never have thought of that as a resource, but look into your local running club, see if there are group runs that where you can kind of come together. We have locally a, a kids racing series. So if you have a younger child with special needs, um, they have little track runs and other kids oriented, children oriented running events, whether your child has special needs or doesn't have special needs, try running. Exercise is such a great thing for every child. It's helped Christian. It's helped Noah. Mira doesn't run, but she does box. So that's awesome. Cool. (laughs) It is very cool. It's it's kind of intimidating, but because she's this this brainiac that bosses. Okay. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) That is very cool. That is awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And will you please tell Noah we're really proud of him for getting out there and being brave and, and doing what he's doing. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.